I used the term be vulnerable, right? I was that guy. I, I was running a plant. It was a $52 million operating plant. I was so defensive. It was unbelievable how I felt. And I felt like I was being attacked. But in the long run, I overcame it. I'm like, this guy's my biggest ally. He's making, I'm learning from him. He's making me be better. He's making my team be better. And looking back, he, he enabled me to take on skills that I carried through multiple industries. Hey everyone, welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. I'm your episode host, Molly Nolan, and our Lean podcast series rolls on with NCG business coach, Jim Bradley. A reminder that we kicked off this series in the fall of 2022, so if you're just joining us, be sure to jump back for an intro to the concept and the following episodes highlighting tools in the process, Tim Woods and Demaic. Today, we are introducing the Kaizen event. If Leans is a lens through which we focus on eliminating waste, increasing productivity, and providing value add for an organization, the Kaizen focuses on continuous improvement, the change for good. Having facilitated many Kaizen events over his career, Jim walks us through the approach and outlays the details of teaching lean thinking through this process. From the specifics of who should be involved, the timeline and preparation, and what type of issue or problem identified qualifies to be even put through a Kaizen. This is about taking focused, structured time on site to identify and roll out a solution to a problem you want to fix. This episode is brought to you by Groundwork, our gold level Grand Summit sponsor and a supporting partner of the Summit member group. What if every sales appointment you drove to was worth your time? With Groundwork, it can be. Groundwork is a lead conversion software made for home improvement contractors. Unlike the traditional sales process that relies on in-person appointments, Groundwork creates an opportunity to receive a project walkthrough before a sales appointment even begins, creating more valuable appointments and engaging prospects instantly. With additional tools, Groundwork helps you engage and convert your leads, streamlining your sales process and increasing win rates. To learn more, visit hellogroundwork.com. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. All right, we are back talking about lean. I am here with Jim Bradley, our lean expert here at NOLA Consulting Group. Jim, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Molly. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking forward to this. It's a lot of fun. We, yeah, we were we were just saying as we were kind of talking about the prep here. This is a this particular episode. Um, I'm most looking forward to just because it it kind of really puts a lot of things into perspective and it puts it to kind of a tangible um, event of how to how to fix things um, when. Um, Oftentimes we all have problems. We know we've got problems, but how do we actually, you know, focus on making them better? Um, and this is what this episode is about. Um, I have to say we've gotten some really great feedback on the Lean podcast series so far, which is awesome. Um, I know it's been a, a you know, um, a concept you've also been talking about with some of our mastermind groups, and we have it as a topic at our Grand Summit conference, um, which is which is awesome. I know that there are groups that are listening to it together and looking to identify what are the areas to improve within their own organizations. Um, so that feels pretty good, Jim, right? It feels like people oh, are, nice. are listening and, you know, and are, are, are taking what you're saying and put it to action. No, I'd say it feels great. Uh, I've been getting feedback from Brian on his clients. I'm, I'm, my own clients are saying things to me. Uh, I think you've done a really nice job outlining this series because we really are moving in the sequential process because uh, our goal here is to educate people on how to incorporate totally. this type of culture yep. or system into their business. So, yeah, we we definitely want to make it feel um, understandable and 
applicable to to any organization really and any individual who's listening to this to be able to apply it to to their own work environment um and heck to their own life our own lives could be a little bit more efficient sometimes right our own personal lives absolutely so we were just talking as well but like we keep using that term look through a different lens right how do we look at things differently so if you learn this in your business you're certainly going to look at things differently in your recreation or your personal life totally it's all about perspective uh, i was we were on a, a masterminds call with andrew yesterday and we him and i bounced back and forth but you can't unsee the things that you're trained to see right that's where this is effective because once you learn it you can't unsee things that are inefficient right problem they stand out right they stand out um so so just kind of before we jump into today's topic of the kaizen event um of course this is the fourth episode in the series um, the first one being we just introed the lean concept itself, kind of the lens of what of what we're looking through, um, of the goal being to eliminate waste, to eliminate inefficiencies within a process. Then we right. started diving into the tools, you know, the, to- the tools and processes of this lens. Um, the second episode we hit on Tim Woods, which was giving us different ways um, or areas to look at that we might identify waste, whether it be in um, transportation, in, um, help me out here. Production, process. Production, thank you, thank you. Administrative, I, I think we often say this is an operations thing, but it's certainly applicable on the administrative side. Yep. Yep. This is not just a, just an operational fix. Um, and then we moved into our third episode was um, DMAIC. And again, these are all acronyms. So they all stand for um, several important words within within the tool, but DMAIC being the, the process for improving efficiency. So how are we looking to define and measure and analyze um, that information after the waste or after the problem that we're looking at has been identified? So then we move into the Kaizen event, which is an actual thing. It is an event that happens that takes place over a period of time brought in by a facilitator um, with the goal to fix the problem, right? Absolutely. The the goal is to fix the issue as a team, uh, but also uh, use it as a learning opportunity and teach your team how to look at things differently or use different lean thinking tools to approach problems. And a system, really a systematic approach. So the make is a quick systematic approach of kind of working through an issue, but like all these things you just outlined, talk about an overall system that you can put in your company. So a lean thinking system. Uh, so you can culture. use you can use Demaic um throughout, you know, your throughout your entire operational workflow, how yeah. how you're approaching decisions and and um making changes to your workflow. Yeah. And you could, so the, the thing with the make is, is it doesn't have to be a team thing either. If I'm a department manager or I'm a, a bookkeeper and I'm, I have an issue, like I'm going to identify my problem, kind of assess it, implement some change and assess it again to see if it fixed it. So it, yeah, you, you certainly can do this cycle a lot um, in many different forms. And so when we talk about a Kaizen event, it's probably for a larger issue on a larger scope that's maybe involving more players on on the team, correct? Yeah, so uh, absolutely. So if you're going to do a Kaizen event, because you're going to, we're going to get into this a little more, but it's an investment because you're pulling key stakeholders out of the business for a period of three to five days to solely focus on fixing the issue. And it, it needs to be an issue that is either highly impactful from a financial perspective or a quality issue or a pain point for the customer uh, that you're really trying to fix. Okay. So it's, yeah. yeah, that's what I, I, that was going to be one of my questions is, you know, what qualifies as being worthy of a, of a Kaizen event? Kaizen event. And let me start off, start off by saying that um, what I thought was interesting, Kaizen is a Japanese word that translates to change for good. Yeah. Yeah. And so often in lean methodologies, it's associated with just continuous improvement as well. But the true definition is change for good. 
right. which we, we love both of those terms. We're, we're always right. in, in, you know, uh, recommending continuous improvement and big advocates there, but change for good also just feels like a really great term. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, um, you know, you know what I always say, you always hear me talk about like people want to know if they're doing a good job. So mm-hmm. if people start to do this stuff, they feel good about the work or contributions bringing value. So that that's part of like change for good as well. Like it's just like a big impact in a number of ways. Mm-hmm. So you've been a part of um, several Kaizen events in your career um, in, in preparation for this particular episode. You sent me over an example from a, a Kaizen event that you participated in at the Miami International Airport and uh, sent me the report on that. Very interesting kind of just looking at the, the scope of the problem, identifying the different areas, you, there were visual, on, you know, put up on the, the wall of just showing that it's a, it's a, it's a process that you're working through. Um, give us some other f- couple examples of Kaizen events that you've been a part of just so that we kind of set the tone for listeners here. Um, they can kind of begin to imagine what these things are impacting and are looking like. Yeah, so I I can give you an example probably from every industry that I was in. So it all started with FedEx, where I was trained and I learned Mm -hmm. these skills. uh, And certainly the the whole point there was for me to apply them. So, you know, I was associated with the Philadelphia Terminal and we we had a problem with missed pickups, Mm -hmm. right? So I had 130 independent contractors out there missing pickups. So if you miss pickups, you don't have the boxes to process, you don't have the revenue. Um, so there were so many things that were involved with that. So we put together a team focused on it. Uh, a lot of it was communication issues. Uh, some of it was technology where the scheduled pickup wasn't coming through on time. Um, so we did an event there, kind of fixed that. Okay. Um, ready packed food. So I was just talking to you about this one. So, they, they, you know, we, we produced the wraps for Wawa, the ready to eat wraps. And this started as a Kaizen event and turned into a nine, 10 month project because wow. we unmasked uh, a way, it's a complex process, but we unmasked a lot of opportunity. Um, so like that was associated with weight variation where um, we produced wraps that were 12 inches, we cut them in half and they went into the packaging. But, you know, the customer would get a wrap that the package said six ounces, it was four. And then another one will get an eight ounce wrap for when it said six. So they got like the bonus pack. Yeah. Someone anyway, got lucky and someone got gypped. <laughs> yeah. So it was a, it, but in that process, there was a lot of equipment adjustments, distribution adjustments, labor, uh, training, standard work applied to how to do it the same way every time. Right. Cause we were making 25, 30,000 of them a day. Wow. Um, and there was a lot of savings on yields of materials during that one. Um, another one where, so when I was in the medical linen industry, we did this, uh, fortunately the company I was with, they would bring in, we would do four Kaizen events a year. Just standard. Standard. So they would would drop the hundred grand, have this, the same guy always came in and I, he's a mentor of mine. He just wrote a book. Um, we stayed in contact for the years. Um, but we always focused on something. So one, one thing at, uh, the linen processing was uh, warehouse and inventory organization, which sped up our dispatch and our accuracy for loadouts. Uh, another one was we would process uh, scrubs for medical facilities, but they're mm-hmm. personalized. Like it would say gym. It, I'd have a name tag and a barcode in there because it was oh, my wow. size. So we would process it, come back and load it in their lockers for them. Uh, but they would get the shirt back and not the pants and like Sometimes it would never get nothing. Our plant had a major opportunity for processing. So part of that, it involved the service guys coming back and just putting them anywhere. So they were lost in the plant. So we set up bins where it says, this is Tuesday delivery, Wednesday. So a lot there. Um, smart cart, the airports. So what you just referred to in Miami, we've, we, we were our goal there was to build a terminal operating model and scale it out to multiple locations. So every airport has a different footprint, but the concept is the same. So I associate that with what we do when I hear people say, well, every job's different, scope of job's different in the painting world or excavating. 
but there is a lot that is the same. Mm -hmm. And if we can standardize that work, you're going to get that much of a gain. So we, we it, in the airports, it came down to routing, uh, significant labor savings, and think about your supply chain movement. So luggage carts, if you had units that ran out, you only had so many carts, you lost sales. So you had to keep that replenishment system running. Um, so there, there's a couple of examples from my past that we did it. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, it, to me, it just shows that in, in any industry, in every business, quite frankly, there's always likely something that can be made better, that can improve, yeah. um, you know, it, your revenue, can improve your bottom line, can um, save on labor costs, um, can save on time. I mean, there's, it's hard to not be able to not be able to identify something that could use some attention on. Um, Absolutely. And I just gave all examples of operations because I was heavily on the operations side. But mm -hmm. again, I always like to emphasize that it applies to administrative as well. So when, and when I say that, I'm talking about like whether it's sales estimates flowing through internal operations or procurement, um, all types of opportunities like that as well. Gosh, we should do a Kaizen event here at Nolan Consulting Group. I'm sure we can find something in our workflow that's not as efficient that should be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's actually, let's move into the, the event itself. So a problem has been identified um, through, through conversation um, within the organization, maybe with the coach. And it it fits the the um, the filter of qualifying that it's worth doing this event. So what does this even look like from a from a time frame per, time frame perspective? And you started hitting it on at at the start in terms of who's involved, but walk us through those roles a little bit more. Yeah. So you so it starts with frustration of something that's going on in the company, right? So. Often I go straight to financials and I do a financial analysis and I say, all right, I compare year over year periods. Uh, or it could be that I keep getting this complaint from my customer, something, something's not right, right? And they can't figure it out. So th there, there's that vulnerability of acknowledging that we have a problem, right? So the financial is going to get you. You're going to be like, I'm losing money. This is a big problem, right? That's a red flag. But mm -hmm. like, if you're vulnerable enough to say we could do better and we need to focus on this, even though the financial impact isn't there yet, like a lot of people like just continuously like to get better. So it, it's a culture thing uh, that starts with the owners, right? Like this, this is a commitment. This isn't something you do one off. You're, you're implementing a system, right? Like I, I say, um, a lot of people focus on safety because there's a financial impact there mm -hmm. and people getting hurt. I mean, but this is the same, like it's an investment that's going to return yields for you at year over year annualized out. So typically on a team, you have uh, a senior leader and their role is to really be the advocate sponsor or uh, make sure all the resources are available, make sure that people are able to step out of their day-to-day -day role and participate with little interruption. Okay. Um, then you get into like, you have a manager or supervisor, and these are the individuals that really own, I'll use the term value stream, but they own the process, right? And then you have people that are underneath that supervisor that do the work, they can bring value to this, right? They're really more of the uh, execution okay. part of it. Uh, and then you, you want to sprinkle in some cross-functional departments, like maybe HR, because whatever you're changing may have an impact. It has an impact on people. So you got to kind of make sure you're staying within the lane. Uh, and always, I'd say it's great to have a finance person on there. Have that person quantify the changes that you're doing from a financial perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and then your facilitator. So if you bring someone in to do it, or if you have someone trained in-house, they're the person that usually teaches, guides, and recommends tools, and kind of holds everybody accountable to stay on course, um, document what we're doing, because we, we should report back to our owner or our senior leadership, because it's an investment, and they, they're going to want to see what their return is. 
right? So like a CEO, yeah. CEO can't sit in on a Kaizen event for a week, right? He's too busy. He's got stuff going on. Okay. So you got to keep them updated as well. So just when you, when you hit those um, you different departments of what you kind of just, what you just spoke to, you're talking about at, at minimum f- five to six people are participating in this event. Is there is there a number where you say at most this number of people because it takes away from the efficiency of of the meeting itself? Great question. Absolutely. I I think that your five to six is where you want to be. That's where you want to land. Right? Okay. You don't want to you don't want to be too small because like it's an opportunity to teach people, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's like four or five days where they learn to work together as well. And they learn different ways of looking at things, different ways to interact with each other. So you, you do want like a, a decent group and five people will represent most of your like key stakeholders. Mm-hmm. Um, but anything bigger than that, you're right. Your distractions, disagreements and opinion can all lead to like interfering with the goal of the project. Yeah, that's that's my next question It too. You know, you talk about the senior leader being there or a senior leader being there to help, you know, set the tone um, and make sure people, you know, are, are given the opportunity to, to know that this is important and why they're there. Um, are there other rules or kind of guidelines set in place so that the folks in the room who are participating in this um, know that it's a, like, it's a safe space to talk about the pro- the, the, the process, you know, to eliminate the, the need to feel defensive because, you know, I can imagine if you have the, the manager there who owns the value stream, who owns the process and there's a there's a problem with their process, and I can imagine that there's times where someone might feel the need to defend why things are happening the way that they are. So how do we how do we set the tone that this is about fixing it for the whole company? We're not blaming it on you know one or two people, which is which is why we're there for the Kaizen event in itself. Yeah, Molly, that's a great question. Uh, I was telling the group yesterday. I used the term "be vulnerable," right? I was that guy. I, I was running a plant. It was a $52 million operating plant. Uh, I had 200 people working in there. And my company, I was with the company for I don't know, almost a year. And then they we got this Kaizen event started and this consultant's coming in. I was so defensive. I'm like, I, you know, it was unbelievable how I felt. And I felt like I was being attacked. Um, mm-hmm. But in the long run, I overcame it. I'm like, this guy's my biggest ally. He's make I'm learning from him. He's making me be better. He's making my team be better. And looking back, he he enabled me to take on skills that I carried through multiple industries, right? Um, and when I go run events, that's the first thing I do. So really, this comes down to your facilitator. Mm-hmm. And it, you got to have experience as well, right? Like I had personal experience. It's, and it's hard to be a facilitator in any kind of setting. Yeah. This one in particular, though, this is, I mean, there are, there are opinions, their tension can run high. It's high, it's high stakes. Yeah. 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 So I, I always start when I, the pre-meetings, when I'm talking to the leadership, I'm like, your team's going to push back. They're going to push back. They're going to think it's not possible. They're going to get defensive. Uh, so we, we have a common understanding going in. And then when we get the team together i'm like exactly what you said this safe place no one's being attacked the organization owns these results not an individual we're all going to prosper from improvements um and a lot of it is like trust me as a facilitator the light bulb will go off at some point through this process so like that miami project that we were talking about Mm -hmm. the operations manager there said no way are you going to reduce labor hours by 100 hours a day Right. And they didn't didn't think it was possible. They didn't think it was possible. As we're going through the event, like I could see him getting engaged and kind of understanding. And like by the third day, he's like, Jim, I get it now. He's like, I certainly get it. I understand. And like they executed for two years at that level after that. Wow. um, Up until the point I left. But uh, yeah, you got to be vulnerable. You got to have some self-awareness and honest with yourself. I'm going to throw you a curveball here. This is not a question I, you know, we talked about, but as a facilitator, 
of of these Kaizen events, which you've done many of. And um, I know, you know, here at NCG, it's something that we're going to be offering to, to our clients going forward. Do you ever feel as a, the, as a facilitator um, that the, the pressure is on you to provide the solution? I would feel like if I was coming into an organization and doing a Kaizen event and I was a facilitator, there could be some expectation on me that I'm going to have the answers to the problem here. Yeah. Kind of like our coaching. Kind of like coaching. Oh my kind gosh. Kind of like our coaching. It's a exactly great, great connection. So here, here's when I do an event, right, regardless of the industry or anything, that pre-work and I, I did my due diligence, right? I did my discovery. Mm-hmm. I know that their savings there are going in. I try, it's it's like you're leading the horse to water. Got it, okay. You let them see it, right? Like, because first of all, part of it as like a, a, you know, when I was, my role, I worked for my companies, but like if you're a consultant doing this is delivering value, yeah. right? So now looking back, I know if, if a company's doing an event, we already know that returns there that pays for this event tenfold. Right. Because it's an investment. Um, so, yeah, it's it's like coaching. You're not going to go in there and do it for them. As I mentioned in the beginning, it's all about teaching them how mm-hmm. to look at things differently. So like not, and I wouldn't say everybody does it that way. That's the way I've learned. Right? Okay. There's certainly consultants out there that will come in and take your money four or five times a year or every time you got a problem. Because I, I did this for you. Right. Like, yeah. But the goal especially in our world is to teach our clients to benefit and value from it and grow, right? We're, totally. we're here to inspire growth. Um, yeah. Our goal is, is to arm our clients with, with the tools and information to be right. able to operate their businesses. It's, you know, we, we want to, we want to create that, that, that power within at the end of the day. Right. 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 Absolutely. So that, that thank you for answering that question. I, I was, I'm yeah. super, super Good curious um, about that. Now, Okay, let's move into what does the week actually look like? And I and I may have just jumped ahead here. I said week, and that's because I I know it's a week, but a Kaizen event is typically three to five days on site, right? Yes, three to five days on site. Okay, yep. so at at the at the facility, at the business, facilitator is is showing up and is spending a three to five dedicated you know time period. Now, of course, like you just said. There are pre-meetings and, you know, due diligence that the facilitator needs to do so that you're coming in armed with knowledge and um, have full context of of what's happening. Uh, But the actual event itself is taking a place on site for three to five days. What does it look like? And we're going to go into what every day looks like. Um, So you've hit hit upon the kind of the pre-meetings. What does the post follow-up look like before we go into the day-to-day? Yeah, so the pre-meetings is are important because like think about you got six of your team members, you got a facilitator coming in, you're probably feeding them, you're doing a lot of stuff. There's a lot of cost there. Mm-hmm. I think the average cost of doing an event's probably like just a facility, you know, it could be facilitator food and everything's like anywhere from six to ten grand, maybe. I don't know. But you do got to factor in the salaries of the team right. members, right? They're not pulled, doing they're being pulled out of their right. day-to-day job. They're not doing their normal job. And there's efficient inefficiencies that are created because you pull them out as well. All right. So let, let's let's be honest with the situation, you know. Yeah. Um, so the pre-work's important to have everything ready so the team hits the ground running for when we're on site. Because three to five days really isn't a lot, right? Um, and we're going to go through what each day looks like. But the post process is the, I like to use the term control plan or the accountability. So we spent this money, we came in, we made a positive change. Where's the follow-up? So usually what I do is the team, we get together 30 days later. Mm-hmm. How are we doing? How's the data looking, right? 60 days later, 90 days later, six months later, right? My goal is to get them to see what I'm looking for. And I'm looking for the savings to flow through to the PL. Got it. Because that's what the owner wants to see. That's when he really realizes the value of it. And I I see my return on this investment. All right. So it ha- I've been in situations where we've done projects and it just fell off. 
and they're like, we didn't see anything flow through to the PNL. Um, so it's very important to keep that in place. That that marks kind of the, the true success of it sounds like of a Kaizen event is when you that it's been it's been done. You have time since that event, and you can begin to see the data throwing through the way you want it to. Yeah, yeah, and you know the the other thing to consider as we talk about is usually eighty percent of all process improvements lead to reoccurring annualized savings. So, mm-hmm. like, you could save ten grand on what you did this year, but like the same issues aren't going to happen for the next ten years as long as you're disciplined and keep your control plan in place. But really, you could save you, you save yourself a hundred thousand. That is know, that um, is the golden word here: reoccurring, reoccurring yeah. annualized savings. Right. I mean, that's what people want to hear, right? At the end of the day, like it's it's not just it's not just a fix for now. It, it's a it's a long it's a long term fix. It's going to benefit the bottom line at the end of the day for right. years. Absolutely. All right. So what does each day look like? Walk me through kind of your your arrival. Um, you show up to the organization morning of day one. What goes down? Yeah. So keep in mind, you're armed with the pre-work. Yeah. And pre-work good, in hand. Yeah. Every, everything's defined. Basically, your charter's made at that point. Okay. Project charter's made. Uh, so the goal is to kind of get everybody, I come in, I show up day one, get everybody comfortable and allow them to say safe place, be vulnerable. Let's be real with, you know, let's not waste our time. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I call it the discovery. So whatever it is, if it's, if we got commercial paint and then we have inefficiencies, if we can, let's go on site and do observations. Okay. Or if we have a warehouse problem, let's go out there and observe and see what's happening, right? Mm-hmm. So don't prepare, let your team know that you're doing an event, you're gonna have some visitors, but don't you don't want dog and pony shows for efficiency and like right. you wanna see the real deal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so then day two, typically you'll do discovery again in the morning. Cause usually if there's an early portion of the day, like in, in my production facility starting at four in the morning or dispatch that's at seven, Usually you miss that on day one. So you want to come in and make sure you've seen that as well. Okay. Then the second half of the day, day two, is kind of just brainstorming, getting everything on the walls, the visuals, like, hey, Molly, what did you see? Right. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, all right, this. So I I say, I start making a list of what's a problem cost and what's an opportunity loss, right? Because I come back to that and I start putting numbers to it. Um, Then day three, is where it's like, hey guys, you thought about this overnight. Let's start talking about what we can do to change the process. What improvements can we make, right? Um, and we develop a develop that, and then a plan of attack. So a plan of attack means that there's people that we got to talk to, saying, hey, we're going to change this. It impacts them. So this is what you can expect. I need you to do this for me, right? Which is huge. I mean, that's that part of, of communicating that that change is going to happen. Uh, people need to be people need to be made aware and be put on board. Essentially, um, you know that that term cascade we like to use a lot here. Um, but one step back, a question for you: Are you when when you leave for the day? Are you tasking folks? like any homework to think, to think about, I mean, you just said, you know, you're coming in from the brainstorm into the next day and kind of putting some ideas. So are you encouraging people to really kind of let the day's discussion, um, like fully meld in their mind overnight and come back in with ideas? Yeah. That's where your facilitator is important. Right. So like, um, the benefit to having someone like me is all the experience that we talked about. So like, I know the levers to pull, Mm-hmm. And you, so your facilitator will set it up, say, Hey, think about this. And you know, Molly, another big part of this is, uh, showing them things throughout, right? Like there's cool videos of different things related to lean that really opens their eyes. And mm-hmm. you just, the goal is to get their wheels spinning and to come back again. So you're really productive the next morning, right? You hit the ground running. So totally. Like, it's like, don't walk out of here and forget about everything we just saw, right? Think about how you can look at it differently. So kind of going back to the beginning um, of setting the tone as well, 
it's important that those people are not going back and feeling like they're trying to catch up on the things that they're missing in that week, right? I mean, they need to be feel like they are having a focused three to five days, whatever it is, to focus on this particular problem. And they are not being, as soon as they walk out of that conference room, being pulled in five different directions for things that they may have missed in the day. I feel like that can almost be like a total pattern interrupt. Yeah. And that, that's going to happen. So that's a great point, right? Like when I, when I was a plant manager and I would walk out, I still had things I had to do. Yeah. So like we would say. In so a perfect you, world, you wouldn't. Yeah. But it's so you, reality. You're, still, you're, uh, you're trying to get as, be as productive as you can in the event. And you're also trying to run a business. So right. I would walk out of there. There's things I had to do. I, I think the best part is to say, hey, guys, you're in for a long couple days because I understand that you're going to have some issues pop up that when we leave this room at four or five o'clock, you're going to have to talk to people. You're going to have to address some things. So you you just go into it, understanding that. Yeah. But yeah that's definitely uh, part of it for sure. Yeah. It's tricky. Nobody, you can't pull a key stakeholder out of a business. They struggle to go on vacation, like let alone. Totally. So that's such a problem. valid point. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let alone spend three days in the conference room trying to work on right. a problem. Right. So, um, okay. So let's go back. Sorry. I, let's go back to day to day four. So that's right. when the, the plan of attack has already been mapped out and you're coming in the next day. So day four is really important, right? So like you, you're going to be working with other people outside of the project team. So people that are doing the work, right? So the, it's great to bring in donuts and say, Hey, have a meeting. This is what we're going to try today. Right. We really appreciate your cooperation. We're trying to achieve this. Um, and then you implement and then you observe as they're doing it, right? So you, this goes back to demand. Say two hours in, you're like, oh, no, something don't look right. Let's kind of regroup and analyze and look at something and try tweak it and then look at it again and then collect and data that whole time, right? So at the end of that day, you got data and you're kind of seeing that we made progress. And then you try to quantify it a little bit. Um, and really the team's got to feel good about this is this is what we're going to do for the next couple of weeks and then we'll really make a solid decision on this is the new process right because we're seeing promising signs mm -hmm. you know and then day five you come in you kind of you debrief you say all right any feedback from your team from the new process and usually the associates are on board they're they're talking to their, their leadership that's in the project and they're like, yeah, this was great. I, I, or, you know, I didn't like this. I didn't like that. So you kind of kick that around. Um, and then you, day five is a half day. You just organize homework assignments, who owns what, set up the schedule for post meetings to kind of monitor uh, process or set, I say set up your control plan. Okay. Like I'm going to hold you accountable because uh, Brian's going to want to see this on the PL. We're going to want to see a positive impact on the PL, right? We, yeah. can, we can talk about subjective stuff all we want, but if it's not flowing through, uh, we didn't do something right. Defeats the whole purpose. Totally, totally. And yeah. it's a theme that I'm 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 seeing here throughout the whole conversation is the importance of I mean, it's Demaic, it's collecting and measuring data. And you have a line that I see here that says, you can't Kaizen what you don't measure. Yeah, you're going to see that in any material that deals with lean, right? Okay. Or we were talking to you, you were talking about Villanova's program. Like, yeah. you're going to see that. You can't improve or change for the good what you don't measure. Because how do you know if you made an impact or not, right? So it is a significant statement. Um, you don't know unless you measure. Yeah. Yeah. That's big. So have you ever walked out of a Kaizen event and been like, um, you know, concerned that a group is just not going to follow through? Like, have you seen different or because there's been pushback um, from certain as much as you've tried to get people on the same team, has has there ever been a time where you're like, I just don't know if they get it? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it happens to me, right? As a plant manager where 
they spent 20 grand for the consultant to come in. And then he probably had another $60,000 worth of salaries and then like hotels, food. Um, we were on fire, then we left and it fell off two, three weeks later. So then like, that's where the leadership comes back and says, what happened here? I'm not seeing what, uh, so you seen the, uh, the summary presentation, I, the Miami one. Yes, I did. That's intended to allow senior leadership to kind of knew what was going on and observe and say, I don't see this. What, what happened here? Right. And in that situation, we had to do a reset a month after say, all right, guys, we dropped the ball here, but like, this was significant. We know the reward. Let's get back on track. Because things happen, right? Yeah. Things go wrong in the business. Uh, but there's definitely points where you need to reset and refocus the group. So the there, the, I mean, there's basically three stages. There's the pre, the event itself, and the post. And to me, it 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 shows that every every stage plays a critical role in the entire success of eliminating or the problem. Yeah. You yeah, can't, absolutely. you can't do one without the other. You have to have all three. You have to have the follow-up. You have to have the structure in place, which again, shows the impact of bringing in a third party to help you do, to help you do that. Um, absolutely. Be because we all go back into our own world of what are we, you know, what are we responsible for? What are we, what are we getting done this week? And it's the accountability factor. Yes. So there's also the aspect of like a Kaizen event uh, where companies will just do it and they'll say, we saved this much money, right? And then they'll do one like a year later. So, or there's a major problem going on. So it's like their go-to resolution, right? That's not the intention of it. The intention is to build a culture educate the team and really implement a system in your company where this stuff is happening in real time. All right. So like that, that's kind of like, so organizations do misuse the concept of a Kaizen event. Interesting. All right. So like I told you, the company I work for, they, they would sign up for four per year. And I always looked at that. I'm like, wow, that's a problem. Like if they got to keep bringing a consultant in every four, yeah. every quarter, we're not the right people to be running this plant, right? So there, you do got to look at it like that as well. I mean, there's just so much opportunity out there that um, if you're real with yourself and your team and the self-perspectives there and self-awareness, you will always find something that you need to improve, always. Mm -hmm. And you can't say that we've always done it that way or... Um, you know, the, the conversation I have with Will is a couple percentage points on your gross profit drops straight down to your operating income. And that's money in the bank for the company. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's showing that the, 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 the data is tangible. It can be, it can be directly, directly seen. Um, talk to me about um, this phrase Six Sigma. So if anybody, you know, listening here was to Google research, you know, what is a Kaizen event, you're going to see the term Lean Six Sigma involved in the reading. So I was like, Jim, you know, what is this? And it brought me back. Villanova University offers a course called Lean Six Sigma. Um, so just because people are going to see that, give us a little bit of a, a context as to what that is. Yeah, so there's a difference, right? So we, I often use the term lean thinking. So lean thinking is the fundamental uh, research material that is about continuous improvement and process change. Six Sigma comes into play mostly in manufacturing and healthcare, where you're dealing with high volume, right? So like okay. whether it's thousands of patients moving through a oncology ward or manufacturing where you're making 30,000 wraps, right? Sandwich wraps. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a lot of volume, right? So it's just, I'm sorry, statistical information. Mm -hmm. So uh, you're collecting a lot of data and you're relying on the data to tell you how you're improving, right? So all that data gets put into a bell curve and it's you're looking at really, it boils down to how many standard deviations are we in the process? And 
because it's such high volume, it's the statistics are going to tell you how much you're improving. Got it's it. not as tangible as walking in and changing a, a, a dispatch in a warehouse and seeing the fact that all the trucks are getting out on time or within 15 minutes. So that that's really where Six Sigma comes into play. And it's often, um, it's often used with lean because the two do go together, right? So I mentioned the project I worked on for the wraps. Mm-hmm. Um, that started as a Kaizen event, believe it or not. And then it, it landed as a 10 month project Wow. With statistical analysis and like a ton of man hours went into that project and meetings and updates to the executive team. So um, it really depends on volume, I think. It well. sounds like that that particular Kaizen event just opened up a whole can of worms into, into other problems. And but, but but it but at the end of the day, a, a nine, 10 month project has likely had intense reoccurring impact on the company. Oh, saved a couple million dollars a year. There you go. Uh, saved labor, saved yield. And what you can put a dollar value to is the impact on the customer, the voice of the customer, right? It's hard to quantify that. But at that point, you're talking in this situation, you're talking about your brand. My brand's being damaged. You're, you're saying the label says six ounces, I'm getting four. I'm going to start going somewhere else. So that qualifies at the start as a Kaizen event for a Kaizen event, because it has a high impact on the company, not only from a dollar perspective, but that's a customer and brand um, lens too. So huge. Yeah. You just, you, it sounds like you never know what you're, what you're kind of going to walk into when you begin to really peel back um, a lot of the way that things are done. Do you have a favorite, a particular, event that you've ever done that you feel like the most pride about or was it was the most rewarding to be a part of the rap project the rap project uh, only because it involved wawa right so we all know wawa in our area we um, love wawa it was a huge opportunity for me i was meeting with their executive team a lot cool. uh meeting with our executive team i learned a lot working hand in hand with their engineers um, really opened my eyes to this whole thing. But then that was extensive, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I do have a bit of a short attention span. Those ones in the airports, I loved because it's like, man, you made a significant impact in five days. And people get excited about that stuff. So that they were my favorite too. Yeah, I mean, just like to give folks a a, a sense of the impact you pre-Kaizen event at the Miami airport, they were averaging 295 labor hours per day. And when the event was done um, with a headcount of 67 people, when the when the project was done and the, de- the data was analyzed, you approximately 100 hour per day reduction and, and you cut the headcount in half. I mean, that is hundreds of thousands of dollars in salaries and payroll. Yeah. Saved. And, it, and efficiencies. I, I often, yeah. So I, I, so let's, I want to be honest, that place was grossly mismanaged. Right. Um, but like I was explaining to the group yesterday is lean. People think of lean is like, we cut jobs. We cut this, we cut that. It is, it is the total opposite. We, we, we do it to save jobs, to be able to buy equipment, give people good incentives, uh, mm-hmm. provide health care. Uh, in that situation, it was a gross misuse of uh, resources. And, Got it. And, but, you know, and, so to be honest, at times companies need to do that, right? That stuff does happen during this process as well. It being fiscally responsible yep. is very important. What's well, a good, that's a good point to clarify because, you know, looking at that, yeah, it, it does. It does mean that there were jobs cut, but at the same time, there are, I'm sure th- those people who um, in many organizations who go through this, their their lives, their jobs are made better by a more efficient workflow. I mean, it sounds like uh, for a lot of people, they're going from, I don't want to say chaos, but um, just they, they probably themselves see inefficiencies all day long and can maybe get frustrated in their own sense. And then they shift into this new process and they're like, 
it's a smooth work day. We, no, we, we my, are able to, So you we, hit it. Yeah. You hit it when, when we were talking about uh, the pushback. Often you say, this is going to make your job easier. But like your, your primary goal there is to demonstrate how. And like I used the term, the light bulb goes off for them and they're like, wow, okay. Yeah. This is going to fix some of my frustrations. Absolutely. That was a great point. So you're looking at the room and just waiting for all the light bulbs to come on as they as they get it over over those three to five days. And as a facilitator, that's rewarding because I'm like, all right, totally. then I'm, I'm doing something right, right? Yep. Like they get it. Uh, and don't let me paint a picture of all success stories because there is failures. Yeah. Uh, some people just don't make the change. Some people don't like change and it doesn't work, but um, most of the time it's beneficial. Well, the, the goal is you always got to try, right? There's Absolutely, a, right? gotta make, gotta make the effort. Take um, the shot, take, take the shot. Always take the shot. Um, right. Well, Jim, thank you. I, I thoroughly enjoyed um, this episode as like the others as well. It's fun for me to learn about. Um, I say this over and over again when it comes to um, having the privilege to host some of these podcast episodes, it just kind of opens my world of um, new, new things, new knowledge. And uh, so I appreciate you kind of you, you taking and sharing your experience with not only myself, but with all of our, our listeners here. And our lean series is not done. We are going to do it at a couple more episodes. There are more tools that um, help support um, a lot of the processes that we've talked about, um, you know, ways to collect different um, pieces of data information, and uh, there's lots out there. We we can't we can't drop lean here because I know that there's there's more to share. Um, so we will roll those out over the next couple months. Jim, any any last thought you want to leave us on before we say goodbye? Yeah. So I I always. I think it's important for me to always say this. This is not a manufacturing thing. This applies to services. So I was trained in the service industry with FedEx. Mm -hmm. So like if there's people out there listening that think this doesn't apply to your business, just approach it with an open mind and take the time to learn a little bit and you'd be surprised what it yields for you, for sure. Take the shot. Take the shot, take the moon <laughs> shot. There you go. All right, Jim, until yeah. next time. Thank you so much. All right, Molly, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.